Welcome to Really Healthy, brought to you by Alpine Plastic Surgery. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm Melanie Douglas. And we have an awesome show for you today. Can't wait to, to share all of the fun things we're doing and to do a little check-in with me on intermittent fasting. We have a discussion about weekend warriors. We have a little finding about red meat. And is it or is it not actually bad for your heart? Plus, we have some fun challenges and uh, nutritional and exercise challenges. Uh, and that's pretty Lots much it. A lot, lot, lot of stuff to talk about. Plus, we have questions that you actually ask us. So we're so happy that you're here. Um, Melanie. Right. There is a question about can you actually get healthy by just being a weekend warrior, by just exercising on the weekend? On the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, so there's so much to this, and I'm going to back up by saying the recommendation from the CDC for physical activity is two and a half hours per week. So oh, really? For, so to see a substantial health benefit, you're supposed to get two and a half hours per week of moderate to vigorous intensity exercise. So, yes, you can get a great workout, and you can maintain that health benefit, that substantial health benefit, by just working out on the weekends. No way. I know. Seriously? Do you feel deceived? I didn't tell you this earlier. <laughs> like, I could have just could have crammed just all of this on into one weekend. day. Well, I, actually, it, I actually do a lot on the weekend, yeah. uh, and it's my schedule would actually be more conducive to actually working out like this on the weekend. On the weekend. So it's interesting. I'm interested. Well, and to so hear there's this. a lot to it. So, first of all, we typically hear to like do 30 minutes a day, three to five days per week. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that works great. So, you can do small chunks every day, right. and that's fine. Or you could hit it hard. You could go skiing on the weekend. Um, you could join a CrossFit do you class. Ski? I, I'm an okay skier. I used to only be able to turn one direction, so I would just turn one side and scoot back over and turn on my one side. See, I think about skiing, and and I know we have people that are all over, but for for people that live in Utah, there's there's a psychological downer about the winter, Uh about inversion. And if you live in Utah, you know what inversion is. And And it's one of the things that I've dreaded my entire life. And so being able to get out in the winter... And, and doing something active, whether it's cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, skiing, uh, believe it or not, like ice fishing, actually, there's a, there's a lot of work involved in ice, ice fishing. I think I could make ice fishing a weekend warrior event. I want to see this because I, see, I think of ice fishing as sitting on the ice with your cooler of snacks and holding a pole. No. No. In fact, you have to drill a lot of test holes. Oh. And so there's a process. Interesting. And, and you can actually hike onto the lake or, or you can go sure. multiple places on the lake if you don't have like a snowmobile or some all-terrain vehicle. Uh, yeah, it can be a very vigorous exercise. We, so, we could make it one. Yeah. So takeaway number one is think of all the things you could do that would count toward your fitness program and your healthy lifestyle that are just activities you do on the weekend, right? Ice fishing, skiing, hiking, snowshoeing. It can even be going to the gym. You might have a gym membership, and I know people that are like, oh, I just don't get the use out of it. I only go on the weekends. I'm like, that's great. If you're getting two really great workouts a week and it's only on the weekend, that is enough to make a, a substantial difference one of, in your One health. of the things that I like to hike, and I actually enjoy hiking as much, if not more, in the winter. Yeah. In a lot of regards, it's easier hiking on the snow. If you get a decent hard-packed snow, it's actually easier. Uh, you don't. You're not like bumps and crevices and rocks and, yeah. and ruts and all kinds of things. You actually can find a, a, a much easier path, and you can kind of go off in directions that maybe you wouldn't normally be able to do 
if it was just not right. snowy. So uh, for me, one thing I actually really like to do is to actually go out and hike in the snow in the winter. Yeah, and another thing too is it doesn't act, we say weekend warrior, but it doesn't have to be Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. You're, you might be a two-day-a-weeker. You might do two hour and 15-minute workouts or 90-minute workouts a week. It might be Monday and Wednesday. Those are your nights off. But um, if you don't work out because you say, I can't do it every day, so I'm not going to do it at all, there's no reason to have that mindset. So the bottom line is try to get your two and a half hours at least. And so, so why have you been telling me these, like, uh, why have I been making pur- you yes. do it every day? Yes. Because I do think that in general, if you do it every day, well, part of what exercise does is it puts your mind on the right track. So when you exercise, especially you in the morning, like it sets your day off on a, on a healthy tone and it helps you make better food choices. And it does help balance your daily, your 24 hour calorie balance. So I think especially when you're trying to, um, create new healthy habits, like doing a little bit of exercise every day while you're eating healthy is great. Um, But if you're one of those people that you have an insane work schedule and you just say, I can't work out during the week, it doesn't happen. A lot of times people just give up, right? They throw in the towel, say, this doesn't work for me. It's totally fine to do it on the weekend. But, you know, there are some things to think about. Um, Even though studies actually show that weekend warriors are just as fit and derive the same health benefits as people Hmm. who work out every day, studies show that. But weekend warriors have a higher rate of injury because they tend to do things that are more risky or they tend to think they have to work harder. So if you're going to be a weekend warrior, you don't have to go crazy. You can still like do a workout that where you're not going to hurt yourself. You don't have to push yourself. Um, But that's just one thing to think about is you don't have to be crazy. We say weekend warrior, but it doesn't mean you have to do a crazy. So I worked out before we came on the show today. Yeah. And I'm actually sweating right now. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm sweating. Well, and it's just because you got your metabolism going. Do you know what I was doing working out? What? Um, I was a pseudo Santa Claus for an office party. Uh And they dressed me in a really warm Santa suit. Uh And so I'm sweating like crazy right now. So does that count? Yeah. Can I count that as my Uh, weekend Santa Claus, dressing up as Santa Claus, yes. Okay, you you have this photo here. And this is, is this for the people that can actually go during the week? Uh, no, you can. Your weekend or, warrior or can, can be you... anything. There's no limitation. It's just that you put in your time um, on two longer, harder days than doing a little bit every day. So your weekend warrior, it could be a yoga workout or Pilates workout, or maybe you only go to gym classes on the weekends, or you meet a trainer once a week. And I keep saying weekend, but one day a week. But it's really just about saying um, you might put more time into it. A couple days a week. So, what, what's your schedule? What do you What do you actually do? So, I am sort of a weekend warrior. Are you? Yeah. I mean, at this phase in my life right now, with my schedule, I work out on Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Monday really hard. Oh. For a couple of hours. So I do. I teach What's the a few classes. That? Well, that's when I teach. Okay. And I love teaching group fitness. So I teach for two hours on Friday, two hours on, on Saturday, and two and a half hours on Monday. So why don't I come to your class? Well, it's up in Logan, but That's you, okay. you should show up for sure. Now now that football season's yeah. uh, over, um, yeah. then, then I can let, come and show up. Let me tell you one thing really quick. I used to work out a little bit every day. I've done all types of workouts over my years, but even when I worked out every day and I felt super strong and fit, when I went to my three-day-a-week program, I thought, oh, I'm for sure going to suffer, and I feel just as good and just as strong. Wow. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about how this intermittent fasting uh, experience is actually going. Very interesting stuff, and I can't wait to share this with uh, Melanie, some of the things 
that I have been experiencing, I think you'll find it very interesting. So we'll be back in just a minute. Everybody, welcome back to Really Healthy. We're so glad you're here with us. We are catching up with Scott now. He's been doing intermittent fasting for what? Are you on a week and a half, two weeks? Uh, it's about, uh, well, let's, call it a, let's call it two weeks. Okay, so he's been intermittent fasting for two weeks, yeah. uh, doing really well. Where do you want to start with your update? Because I, I want to hear it all. Um, all right, I'm going to hold off on the wait till okay. maybe a little bit later. We'll kind of surprise you a little bit with okay. the wait, what it's actually happened. So one, one of the things, first thing that has actually happened to me um, is I thought I was going to feel hungry. I thought I was going to have, so, so I fasted before mm-hmm. and I always, oh, and it's like, I feel so deprived. I feel so hungry. I feel like it consumes my thoughts and I'm just like, I can't wait until this is over. When that's you fasted t- before, that's your 24 hour fast, the right? 24, yeah, yeah, typically before. And it's and and I look at it and I go, okay, I'll do it, but it's not it's not necessarily been overly joyous to me, if yes. that's the right word to use. However, this has been very different. And your your schedule is what? Remind us what you're okay, doing. Okay, so what I do is um, I try to work it into how I work here. Uh huh. So I actually I, I I don't eat in the morning when I wake up, mm-hmm. and right before I leave, which is eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, I'll have my first meal. And it's usually, it'll either be some kind of sandwich for lunch or some kind of like breakfast, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And I, I kind of follow the clean protein um, mm-hmm. recipes yeah, because I like those. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's just, and it gives me a lot of different ideas to kind of stem from. So I do that. Then I come to work and then I typically won't eat at all at work. I may have... Like I've brought an orange and maybe a cheese stick, mm-hmm. but then I also bring my dinner and I have my dinner about 630 before I go on the radio and that, and then, and that's then you're it. done and then I'm done. So you have about an eight hour eating yeah. window, but it's about, and you're, you're not going crazy. You're still following sensible, yeah. healthy meals. And, uh, but here, here's what happens. So I don't feel that you're deprived hungry. feeling hungry. at all. But what I do feel like that I found, and it's it's been very poignant to me, is when I eat, there's a higher value of the meal to me. Like I appreciate it so much more. Yeah. I feel like I'm like, and I, I mean, I become. Um, <laughs> it's almost like a, it's almost like a, um, a ritual. It's almost like. Okay, I you know I look at this I look at this food not like just stuff your face and eat and whatever. I look at it as I'm so appreciative of this, but I'm also conscious of what I'm eating, and I'm like I I would rather I I you know because I have this limited window this limited time I want to make sure I maximize the value of what I'm actually eating. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's awesome. It, that's it, a real that's a really yeah. good takeaway, and I bet. People don't realize what, that when you intermittent fast that that's something you would pick up. I would never have thought that in a million years. Yeah. But I was just like, I just start thinking about, you know, th- these meals are very important to me and they mean something. And there's, and, and there's, there, it, maybe it's the delayed gratification of it. I don't know because mm. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll go, 
okay, typically I'd probably have breakfast right now. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to wait. And then, you know, and I, and I'm busy doing whatever in the morning. And, and then I, and I, and then comes the time to eat and I'm like really excited about it. And I really appreciate it. Um, and it's been a, a really remarkable thing. Here's another thing that, um, I, I've, it, that's been significantly different. <clears throat> when I go to bed at night, I'll sleep but I sometimes will wake up really early. And by really early, I mean 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And, and I'll just wake up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, I really would like to go back to sleep right now. Or, you know, sometimes you have to go to the bathroom, whatever. Right. And, and literally almost from the moment I started doing this, I now sleep through the whole entire night. I've had really good sleep. And I don't know if it's part of this or if it's in, an intended part of it. But I know, and I had I had one day where uh, I was o- over the, over the weekend. My son was in a basketball tournament, mm-hmm. and the only time that I could eat was later. And so I shifted everything, and and my last meal was at like eight thirty eight forty five at night. Yeah, and it was from a restaurant. It was Mexican food. And I had the most miserable night in this whole in this whole two weeks. It was like, oh my good, and it was like noticeable. Like I've been sleeping so good, and I just, I mean, I, it was just, it was just awful. And so sleeping has been a huge, huge benefit. And I, I, you know, I, I sleep okay, um, but it, but it's been much, much better. And part of that is, and that's also another. That's what this show is so fun because. You know, people don't expect that from intermittent fasting. Right. You think it's going to be all about uh, how you were craving food or feeling deprived or how this is so hard and you're saying it's easy and random thing, you're sleeping better. But the sleeping better thing does make sense, right? Because when you eat, every time you eat, you raise your insulin levels. And when your insulin levels go down, your body's like, oh, you need to eat again. And so if you give yourself time before going to bed for all of those metabolic things to settle down and your body's like, I don't, there's no food, I don't need to worry about that, I can just work on repair and sleep and recovery, then you don't wake up with that random hunger. Um, another thing that I've found, and I don't know why it happens, uh, it's just happened, I find myself um, actually craving water. Which, and, and, and so water for me during the day when I'm not fasting yeah. is something, I mean, when I am fasting, mm-hmm. so those times outside of the eight-hour window, water has become like almost a go-to type of thing for me. And I, I really, really crave water, actually. Well, you're doing really well then. So basically your takeaway is you're more mindful of your food. Yep. You sleep better. Yep. You crave more water. Yep. You haven't been hungry. Nope. So far, so good. <laughs> I know. It, and and here, here's the challenge for me because I'm having fun doing this, right? Right. Because for me, I have like, there's, I, I have no vested interest in this other than, I'm just curious. What, what is it like and what, what do you go through? What do you right. experience? And this has been my experience so far. So it's been a fun experiment for me and a very, very interesting thing. And my dilemma is I like it so much I'm not sure that I want to go and find other things, but I'm going to. I well, made that commitment, yeah. and I want to see the other things. But I'm telling you, I because I feel really good. I really do. You know what? Just like exercise, our bodies adapt, and we hit plateaus, even with our diets. And so I think that we change the way we eat, and it's good, just like you change your workout, right? 
it's good to change your eating style because it shakes up your routine. It gets you excited about being committed to your program. It keeps your body guessing so you don't adapt. Anyway, it's good. It's fine. Okay. Hey, be right back because when we come back, I'm going to reveal to you actually my weight loss for the week. Yes, uh-huh. let's do it. We'll do it right when we come back. All right. Welcome back to Really Healthy. Scott Mitchell, Melanie Douglas here. All right, uh, I promised you that I would share with you, Melanie. Yeah, your weight. What happened this weigh past in. week. So here's here's the weigh-in. You ready okay. for this? Yeah. Drum roll. That's a good one. Here we go. Boom. 345. So you're down to 345. And what's the total pounds? Because I don't do math on the air. uh, I actually lost three pounds this week. Okay. So uh, 29 pounds. That's awesome. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and here, I, and again, I just, it feels like so much more weight. Because there are silly little things like bending over to tie my shoes, getting up off a sofa. Right. They're just things that are like, it's just kind of weird. It's they're so much easier to actually do. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. doing really good. Doing really good. So we have a question here from uh, one of our listeners, and it's actually directed at me. And it says, "Hi, enjoying the podcast so far. I need some help from Scott, which is me. He mentioned that Mountain Dew was an addiction that he had to get over. I am wondering if he has any tips for me. I have been on this healthy lifestyle change for years now." And Mountain Dew is my biggest barrier. I just can't get over the habit of having it daily. Thanks. Okay, so I got on this Mountain Dew from my sister, mm-hmm. who has actually, she weighed over 350 pounds. She lost half of her weight. For 16 years, she's been at, at, a, at an ideal weight. But she says the one thing she gives herself is Mountain Dew. Diet oh. Mountain Dew. Oh. And so that was her justification. And I'm like... I've never had Mountain Dew, so I, I tried it at her house. I was there with my family. Oh, so you're summer. blaming your sister for that? 100%. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah. And I was like, "This is so good, right?" Because yeah. it's, it's diet, and you're like, "This can't be diet." But there is 10 calories in it, by uh. the way. Uh, anyways, so uh, what helped me is I know it's bad. I, I know that it's something that I the addiction's not gone. Okay, yeah. For me, it's like. I've, you know, I could easily go on the Mountain Dew kick again, like in two seconds. But I, I, just, I just know it's one of those things that, that just doesn't work for me. And I mentioned earlier about water. And so when I give, get kind of that inclination, if I'm outside the window, uh, I actually drink water. And I consciously go, it's, it's that replacement for me. And I don't know what it does. I don't know why it does, but it works for me. And that and and that's all it is. So water. And you just, just drink water. I, I just drink. I just I, I just when when there's a choice, I just say I'm going to choose to drink water. Um, I have some random, wild, crazy ideas about this kind of stuff because let me tell you, a confession is like I understand the feeling of being addicted. I used to drink Diet Coke, right? I understand, like, I like chocolate. I understand those moments when you start eating a cookie and it turns into 10, and, like, I've been there. I get that. And so as a, as a dietitian, I'm always trying to get crafty. Like, how can I really make myself stop and help others stop? So with the Mountain Dew or diet soda in general, one of the ways that I help myself stop drinking it, and I was like, well, there's food coloring in here. Would I go get the food coloring out of my cupboard and put a couple drops on my tongue right now? 
some blue food coloring, red, orange, yellow, whatever, drop the food coloring in your mouth. Would you, I mean, gross, right? right yeah. You don't want to do that, but that's right. literally what you're doing. Yeah. You're drinking food coloring and carbonated <laughs> water. So that helped me personally to go, I don't want to do that right now. And, um, for people who drink non-diet, just regular soda, I was like, take a teaspoon of sugar, a spoonful of sugar. There's actually eight of those in just eight ounce, in just one cup of soda. That's so if great. it's a small cup of soda, get eight teaspoons of sugar and look at that and go, Am I, do I really want to put this in my body right now? Anyway, those are just some random tips that helped me get over wow. my addiction. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so good. I've never looked at it that way. Yeah. Sometimes you have to yeah. step back and go, what am what I is, really doing? Yes. What is this? Oh, I love that. Okay. Okay. So there was a study that just came out, and it's talking about um, uh, this is a shocker, right? Red right. meat is actually um, can cause higher um, heart disease Ri- risk. Yeah. Raises risk your for, heart disease yes. risks, yes. which we've kind of known, and red meat's also been associated to colorectal cancer. So we've always known red meat had some issues, but this is like a whole new um, link that we're connecting red meat to heart disease, and it actually starts in your gut, which we go back to probiotics and prebiotics and your gut bacteria. But red meat actually changes your gut bacteria, which then can lead to blood clotting and a higher risk of heart disease. So, you know, it just keeps, I like red meat. I like a good steak just like anybody else, but more and more every day the evidence is piling up that we really need to do this in moderation, that we need more meals with plants, with beans, with white meats, with seafood, and I mean, better for the planet, better for you. It's just, it's just too much red meat. Yes, and the cows on the Chick Fil A uh, billboards yeah. will love you. For I know, it. right? Yes. Um, <laughs> one of the other things that they they brought out in this article was that it was it, it was having an impact on people's kidneys as well, and that was something they felt was actually uh, a little bit different than than maybe had. Uh, they had actually found, in, so there were additional risks yes. beyond everything thing else. And you know, I love I love red meat too. Yeah. And I actually, um, I, I I really don't eat a lot of red meat. And I used to, and I used to be a major connoisseur of steak on a on a very regular basis. And and so I don't I don't dr- I don't drink it. Yeah. I'm still back on Mountain Dew. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I I actually don't consume it. Um, well, I'm it, not sure that it's. Think of it like an I'm indulgence. Not sure that it, I'm it's not a sure that it's treat. even once a week, actually. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So, nutrition. But it's very, very interesting. All right. We got to get to our challenges. Yes. So our challenge this week. This is, this is the exercise challenge. The full video is on our website, reallyhealthyshow.com. But we're doing three minutes of bicycle crunch. Killer. The bicycle crunch. Love it. It's an awesome ab exercise. Um, they actually looked at all the ab exercises and bicycle crunch one for muscle activation. So do it for three minutes. Try it. Three minutes. Daily. Just, yep, every day. So what, Try if, you're, to buy what if you're a weekend warrior? What do you have to do? Then? Oh, man, I know. I'm going to have to change all the math for all my exercise recommendations. Um, I would say that this, because it's only three minutes, you should try and do it every day. Just do it. Just do Sore it abs day. all it's week. Set the goal. Set the goal. Right. Okay, okay, nutrition challenge. Um, this is a fun one. Count the grams of sugar that you eat. Just try it at least for one day. And you might love it so much you're going to do it all week. Look at the labels on everything you eat. We talked about pop, Mountain Dew, whatever. Um, look at the labels. You'll be surprised how much sugar is in everything. And note that four grams of sugar is one teaspoon. So four divide it one teaspoon. by four. So, teaspoon. so it includes ketchup. It could include... Salad uh, dressing, Salad dressing, soda. all kinds of stuff. All right. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. You can uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Really Healthy Podcast or and 
go to our, our website, thereallyhealthyshow.com, where you can find all of these tips and wonderful uh, ideas. Ask us questions. You can follow along with this intermittent fasting journey. We'd love to have you. Love to hear your questions. Keep going. We're going. And we'd love to help you in that journey. And remember, it's all free. We're just here to help people out. All right. Have a really healthy day. For Melanie Douglas, I'm Scott Mitchell. We'll see you soon. This program does not provide medical advice. The contents of this program are for informational purposes only. The program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this program. Bonneville International does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on the program. Reliance on any information provided on the program is solely at your own risk.